Welcome to Dig It. I hope you're all having a beautiful Friday morning. This is the speaker. It's been a while since I've done an intro, so I feel like this is all new to me again. Um, I'm here with my two lovely ladies, the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you going, girls? It's good to all be back together again. It's been a while. Hey, hey we're all back. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it feels like forever. It does. It's been a little, little crazy everywhere, I tell you. Mm, just a little. Just a little. No, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Yeah, so today um, we're going to go through a few things. We're going to go through Corey's uh, legal resource article, which we put together, a video that we did the other day, which we can't post on YouTube. We apologize because we've got another strike again um, from some of our old podcasts this time, actually. These videos were about a year and a bit old, um, and they both just happened to deal with... um, they just did that on Hive Minds on your yep. Hive Mind channel. Yeah, so uh, we haven't been able to post there, which is just horrible. I feel bad for our Patreons and all that because we just we can't even contact people through there, you know. Um, so it's hard. But um, both those videos happen to be about um, powerful people and pedophilia and Jeffrey Epstein. So oh, imagine that. I know, right? What a coincidence. Um, yeah. But we 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 did a uh, a video on the climate agenda and the solar minimum coming. Uh, that is only on BitChute only, but uh, we'll talk about that a bit here as well. Uh, a survey on uh, COVID misinformation, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably going to get this one a strike, but hey, we've come too far. Uh, the Carl Rittenhouse trial <laughs> and a new feature on YouTube, which I, I thought we would chuck in, uh, just considering they striked us the other day and just how far uh, YouTube is now going to protect brands and big government. So what are we going to roll into, ladies? Well, should I knock out the legal resource article first? Yeah, go for it. Let's go. Okay, so I'm not going to like go through all this, but if you scroll down just a hair to the bullet points edge. um, So this is what this covers. I wanted to put together sort of a you know, a lot of people are like, well, who's suing and who's fighting back and what legal cases are winning? And it's, there's just so much. So what I tried to do is provide um, some really good sources I've found for tracking cases. You know, they're like really good aggregators and um, and then point out certain cases and kind of a summary of what seems to be uh, winning in court and what doesn't, and as well as legislation, which is playing a very important role in all this. So the main topics I get into is tackling COVID tyranny head on. Of course, the OSHA and Biden, Biden administration under fire in court. Uh, that's, that's a big one going down right now. So I cover that. We have uh, tracking civil court cases and class actions. Um, so I break down in there. Uh, there were about, I think, 65 cases. Or, uh, I think 18 are still pending. 30 are closed already there were four wins um so religious exemptions seem to be like the biggest fight in this outside of legislation and people simply not complying and banning together and uh a lot believe it you know a lot of people are taking a stand and they're they're gathering with five employees 10 employees 
you know, 200 employees and they're saying, look, you're going to lose all of us. And a lot of people are under the impression that these larger companies are automatically going to say, well, screw you, you're replaceable. And of course, in some cases they will, but in some of them, they are actually backing down. And so now we have this whole OSHA thing going on and you've got multiple states. I think it's up to 26 or 27 states now that have filed suit there. Uh, And then, so then I break down tracking state and federal legislation as well, which is very important. Um, And I'll get into that in a second. And then tracking COVID policies in K through 12 schools, which is really important because what I learned there is what they're doing in most states is they're turning it over to the school districts and letting them decide what they're going to do with um, definitely, you know, with the mask situation, uh, but with other situations as well. In fact, California so far is the only state that is requiring the COVID jab in in uh, school, younger school, you know, case or tall schools. But I'm sure that it's going to change. You know, other states, of course, are going to try and implement that as well. But with all these legal battles going on, um, it's there's a lot of people fighting this a lot. So I get into this kind of a summary of what's working and I have case examples. There's a really kind of interesting one. I found very interesting in Gainesville, Florida that I broke down in here um, on a privacy act that they won. Uh, And then of course I link to the other COVID resource page that you helped me with edge, um, which has, you know, more like legal medical assistance, job boards, forms, and that type of thing. So one of the things that I'm, I've noticed, <clears throat> excuse me, throughout this is, see, yeah, if you look at this, and of course, this is like a moving target, so it's it's going to change based on how some of these lawsuits play out. But if you look at the, uh, this is any COVID-19 jab mandates in place in these states. So the light blue is no, the, you know, middle shade of blue is prohibited, and then the dark blue is yes. And of course we can see that yes is in all blue states, of course. So um, with the legislation, we've got, there's an interesting dynamic happening in my opinion, because there are a lot more states stepping up to fight this and legislation going on. And I have tracking sites for that, that are, that are COVID specific. So you can stay on top of it and see what's going on in your state. And they're trying, you know, a lot of them are introducing good bills to, you know, everything from blocking the the jab completely from being mandated, blocking vaccine ID passports, which is a very key element to this, um, enforcing that, you know, no child can receive a jab without parental consent. Uh, There's a bunch of really good ones being introduced. And on top of that, we've already have some that have passed law, as we just saw in that in that map, you know, that we showed above. So it's important that we work with our legislators and keep moving this target forward, keep this momentum going, support your legislators, get behind them, rally about this, talk loud, contact them. Um, to stay on top of this, keep introducing these bills, keep fighting this, keep suing the federal government for their overreach. Um, so it's, it's, it's like we're teaming up with our legislators instead of 
<laughs> you know, it kind of feels like over the last several years, we're yelling at the legislators constantly. I mean, it's a very heated political climate right now. And this is a case where we can actually all work together and team up and just keep fighting this moving forward. Right. So that, so that plays a very vital role in this. Um, well, it seems like a lot of these states who are prohibiting mandates and say, for example, if you want to look at um, companies, businesses that um, were in California um, how they're now having to leave California and go to other states and states like Florida are like, hey, come here, you know. Right, right. And so some of these states uh, and even the legislatures in those states are, may say like, look, there's actually a, an advantage here for our states to gain some more uh, big businesses, some more, uh, you know, for, so that's better employment for our state and, you know, more financial, you know, uh, absolutely stability for our state and all of that. So there's a lot of incentive there. If you just point that out to these legislature, if you get loud, if especially if you own a, a company, you yep. know, um, there's a lot you have a lot of pull that way, too. And absolutely. so. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways we can do it. And I definitely agree that uh, we need to be loud and be heard with our legislatures, our state legislatures, who are the ones that are kind of going to battle with us. I'm encouraged to see it looked like a a lot of states that have been, um, you know, fighting this. And uh, Mm -hmm. but again, you know, this regime is so lawless, they're not even listening to like court orders and stuff right so um yeah it's 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 gotten pretty crazy (laughs) it really has it's gotten pretty crazy and so what we have is like with this osha you know absolute bs they have no authority here um they we had in the fifth circuit court um they won immediately against it just you know to put a put a halt to it to the mandate for now until they review the constitution and the laws and go over this a little closer because the the court ruled that there are grave statutory and constitutional issues with osha's mandate so then we had over in um the sixth circuit uh kansas filed along with six other states including Kentucky, Michigan, Ohio, and Tennessee. And uh, Kansas is in the 10th circuit, but so they fall in the sixth circuit. And then you have New Hampshire, which joined 11 other states in a lawsuit against it. And so there's all these different, um, it, it's not like a- Like one. It's, it, it, it's not like a one-off, let's just stop this across the entire country. You know, so you have right. all these actions coming in and- and it does, it gets hard, like trying to stay on top of all these different cases and what's going on. But the bottom line is, it's like I said in the beginning, you know, about um, stopping the tyranny yourself to not comply with this. Everyone knows they're still pushing the EUA, the the FDA approved one. And I'm going to, it's is it Comirnaty. Is that how you say it? Comirnaty? I say Comirnaty. Hmm. I don't know. I've heard it I'd pronounced have to go back a million. And look at the word. <laughs> I know. 
million different ways. I know, ways. but everyone knows. I mean, Pfizer even made a statement on it. They, it's not available in the U.S. It never has been. It's It'll be several months before they even start producing it here because they're just going to keep rolling out the EUA one. Why not? So uh, there's there's so many legal reasons not to get this. And I understand everyone's in a different situation and you know, people are trying to feed their families and they're scared to lose their jobs. Um, and now you got, you got a lot of these bigger companies rolling out these surveys saying you, or download this app on your phone or fill this out on our website where you have to say whether you've gotten the jab or not. And, and to me, that's a huge overstep right there. Um, Right. Yeah. Just giving that information over. Um, and I do agree that the more people that you have behind it, the more people that unite, whether it's inside of a company or inside of a union or multiple unions. I heard Chicago this week. So we've all heard about the Chicago police right. union and how they've been going through that legal battle. Well, 22 other unions in the city joined them this week. So wow. it's practically all of After them, all of the city this. workers. I'm going to have to go back in and add that and link to it. That's awesome. Because what happened there was it was like four unions and, and I have that part of it in this report and it was four unions had uh, won against it until they were able to, you know, uh, settle their agreements through arbitration and yada, yada. So they had put a halt to it till through the end of the year, which of course Lightfoot, you know, wants to repeal. She's not having that. So, but then it stated, but everyone else is pretty much screwed. You still have to follow because you didn't join in, in this suit. So it's important that people do band together or, you know, they're going to get, they're going to get screwed there. So yeah, that's and I awesome think that, that I can't remember where I read this comment, but this is going back to banding together with people inside of your company. And I think maybe it was you that showed me this comment, Corey, but it was from, um, a follower or a subscriber or, so, or someone that had mentioned that this person was in a key role in a company and mm-hmm. there were maybe 10 other people similar to this person. Right. And because of their key roles, it, it makes it difficult to replace them. And so having to replace 10 key roles all at the same time would just put such a heavy burden on that company, they really backed down. And so, you know, I think that um, people don't, may not realize how much power they have. And I think a lot of companies are watching really nervously right now because they know the kind of attrition that they're already having. There's a lot of um, jobless issues, keeping people in positions anyways, because right. Of- and, and in that particular case, it was actually only seven employees, what you're referring okay. to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um- and you, and you know, it's crazy. Amazon, <laughs> they're not even, they're not even announcing to their employees that they had that. So, so many companies, the minute this OSHA business was released, so many companies started emailing their employees with, with the mandate. And you have to do this by then. Like they already had it prepared to go and they literally just rolled it out as soon as that hit. So Amazon, however, has not. And Mm -hmm. I find that very interesting. You know, they need to make it through the holidays and stuff before they start intimidating their employees, I guess. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) 
But there, there's a lot to follow. I'm glad that you have a, a lot of it compiled right here. It makes it very easy, kind of like the COVID resources page um, mm -hmm. with all of those resources. So you can kind of just keep track of where all of these cases are going because there is a lot to follow all throughout the country. Yeah, there. in fact, do me a favor, just scroll down real quick um, to tracking state and federal legislation. And next one down, keep going. And then I want you to click on, keep going, right there, the NVIC advocacy portal. Okay. Yeah, this one's really cool. I look at this one like multiple times a week. If you scroll down, you'll see they have, um, there we go. So it's an alphabetical order by state. You got the bill number, the date posted. They, they have a column for position, support, watch, you know, oppose, and what it is they're trying to do. And they'll give you like the little status update. And so you can monitor because, you know, some people are considering moving. Some people have friends in other states or family. And then, of course, your own state that you're currently living in. And you want to keep track of this. You want to see what's going on across the country and what they're trying to put through. This is important stuff to pay attention to and contact your legislators about. So yeah, I know like one of the, one of the trackers that I have in here, there's, you know, I have several different um, tracking sites you can go to, to monitor stuff where I just, I love when stuff is aggregated in a very simple manner like this. Right. Makes it so convenient. And especially yeah. for people, because I know there's a lot of people in transition right now. Mm -hmm. uh, they're having to move out of blue states. They're having to leave jobs and they're going, okay, where should we go? Right. And these are part of the reasons, you know, that they're going to, they're going to be looking into to determine right. where they want to go. Yeah. So, but yeah. also just kind of looking at this, uh, this map right here, <laughs> it <kinda laughs> tells you, uh, you know, yeah. Here's some of the better states to go to. I guess the darker, dark blue, not the so, dark blue, but the medium blue, right? <laughs> but um, the medium blue is, well, and the light blue, the light blue is there's no mandates. The medium blue is um, prohibited. So yeah, you just, you definitely don't want the dark blue. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, so All moving right. on. Good info there, good info there. So um this week, Speaker and I did a video, which it's been a while for us because, you know, he's got a lot going on. I've got a lot going on. Everybody's got a lot going on. But uh, mm -hmm. we put this together. It's on uh, the climate change agenda and the grand solar minimum or versus the grand solar minimum. So we talked a bit about the climate change agenda because obviously all of these world so-called leaders uh, have been, you know, meeting for this climate summit and basically giving up all of our uh, freedoms, financial security, food security, energy security, all for the sake of this agenda. And, and of course, you know, they, they came in their 70 car parades and their jets and to talk about yeah, right. saving the planet yeah it's great to guilt us into <laughs> giving things freely away I, I didn't have a chance to review any of that i knew this conference was going on but 
so I'm really curious to see what uh, what you guys extracted from this. Well, you know, we didn't go too in depth because this has been a long conference with a lot of, you know, yeah. windbag speeches. Um, that <laughs> Prince Charles speech was interesting. I'll say there were a few tidbits that I gathered from that. He again talked about how this is the time is over. The tw- time is quite literally up meaning like we're ready to go now. Uh, He talked about how this is a needs to be a military style campaign to tackle climate agenda. He talked about how there was a need for a radical change in the global currency. So one world currency, digital currency. And he slipped something in there about trillions of dollars, basically all of these governments giving trillions of dollars over to him. And at one, he just said, he said him in this speech. I didn't talk about this in our, in our podcast. And I, and I should have mentioned it actually a commenter uh, said something that they were like, I'm surprised you didn't mention anything about the him because everybody's going, who is the him? Right. Yeah. Now I want to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. He just kind of slipped it in there. And now there's just a lot of speculation about what he is referring to. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but we, we talked a bit about this agenda and Al Gore gave an interview also about how um, next year, starting next year, Um, They're going to be using AI and basically all of the surveillance camera cameras from everywhere to um, to determine any kind of CO2 emissions from factories to all the way down to individuals. Of course, that's what the surveillance cameras are for. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And so that what are they and then they're going to hand that information over to governments to hold individuals accountable and so what does that mean it's like taxes penalties fines Mm -hmm. for your co2 emissions i mean this gets really dystopian and um so but that was kind of the first portion of the the video that we did but we really talked about real climate change because i personally do believe climate change is real but it's caused primarily by the sun and not primarily man-made and that's the the part that's the lie and we go through uh just uh uh how long this planet's been around for how many changes in the climate that it's had and just the fact that you know you've got humans now that want to try to play god that's really what's going on oh yeah Mm. and of course their hidden agendas apart with uh, medical tyranny and all that combined to um just enslave us even further so yeah and so we get into really the science of um the climate change expected with the grand solar minimum that is projected to be have begun in 2020 and go through 2053 and how that affects the weather volcanoes earthquakes kind of you name it and um you just counter counter that ended it with you know what do we do about it we have time we have time let's not freak out everybody they they want hysteria they want everybody to be so scared that we're just mobilized into giving up everything our food security our energy security our uh, finances our freedoms well that's that's the bottom line not just with this climate agenda but they want you fearful of everything they want you fearful of the virus they want you fearful of the climate they want you fearful of one another 
That so is the really to take care of us all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Daddy government. So yeah, that I think is the primary message is just being informed, but having no fear and using this time to prepare because um, what they're doing with their climate agenda is actually the opposite of what they should be doing. Um, it, the climate, if the climate is expected to get colder with the grand solar minimum as projected, they should be stocking up on energy and food supplies for their countries, mm-hmm. not trying to shut down pipelines and coal factories and um, close business, close uh, farms and ranches and uh, ta- tax, you know, cattle ranchers and things like that, you know. Right. So they're really putting us at a disadvantage, of course, when it comes to the real climate change that is coming. <laughs> uh, and so that means it's really up to us to do our own preparations and right. use this time wisely. Well said. I'm going to yeah. watch that tonight while I'm playing in bed next to my sick kitty. <laughs> awesome. So you yeah. saw this interesting poll. I know you wanted to kind of... <laughs> yeah. It's not the poll itself that I find interesting. It's the hysterical way they manipulate and spin it all. So, so yeah, so Newsweek comes out with this headline, 60% of Americans believe government exaggerating COVID deaths poll finds. Okay, that's just to draw people in. What, what? So they can then go into the study done by the Kaiser Foundation, which is very, very corrupt. And, um, what cracks me up is the study is about misinformation. And if you scroll down to the first chart edge, what they show here is right here on the question, they say the government is exaggerating the number of COVID-19 deaths. 38% have heard and believe it to be true. 22% have heard, but they don't know if it's true. So right off the bat, Newsweek takes a study allegedly on misinformation and they lie in their headline and they group those together and they call it 60% just to get people's attention. So they'll read. So the study itself, that in itself just cracked me up. So the study itself is, is intention, you know, it's intentionally being spawned as misinformation and falsehoods. And, and just to put this in perspective, I counted, They use the word in the study misinformation 21 times. They use the word false or falsehood 25 times. So practically 50 times they're hammering into people's heads that all of this is misinformation and falsehoods. And the questions, the main questions they ask are pregnant women should not get the COVID-19 vaccine. Deaths due to the COVID-19 vaccine are being intentionally hidden by the government. The COVID-19 vaccines have been shown to cause infertility. Ivermectin is a safe and effective treatment for COVID-19. You can get COVID-19 from the vaccine. The COVID-19 vaccine contains a microchip. The COVID-19 vaccines can change your DNA. We're still, this funny? Wow. We're still getting flagged for this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm, just reading, I'm just reading Kaiser's study. You know, I mean, these are their questions. And how many people do they ask? questions 1519 by random telephone calls that they obviously split based on democrat and republican because they get down to 
try and try in this survey, if you scroll down further and just look at some of these charts, what they're trying to do is they're trying to target the news media and say, it's the news media that's brainwashed, which let's face it, they do, they brainwash and program people. So they're saying like all the believers of these things are people who watch like Fox news or AON and stuff like that. And all the people who don't believe are CNN, MSNBC, da, da, da. this misinformation, of course, it's all misinformation. So the, the study itself is really quite irrelevant because like I said, it's like 1500 people that they allegedly randomly called in order to put this together. So all news sources could take it and, and hammer into people's heads. This is all misinformation. This is falsehoods. That's the only reason this was done because they're having to fight all of this information coming out. As you could see by the way the questions were worded and the topics they were covering, this is how hard it's getting distributed out there. And they're having to fight that. So one way to do that is for someone like Kaiser to throw together this survey so that the news media can take it, gobble it up and spit it out to everyone as misinformation. So what I think is funny is I posted over on, um, on Gab, I asked a question. You have that tab? Oh, wait, I have my thing blocking it. There it is. Okay. So do you personally know someone who got the COVID jab who has now decided they will not get boosters? I wanted to know because I myself know people that this is the case. Because, you know, everyone was told right off the bat, you just need one. And then we might go annual. And then now you're going to need boosters for the rest of your life. So people are pissed off. And so we have 2,349 people, 82% of them know people who have said they are not going to get the boosters now who originally got the jab. And like we were talking about before this, even if 20% of those were trolls, which you can only vote once in here, it's still an astronomical amount of people. So, and this, this has more people that voted than their little Kaiser survey. But, <laughs> and right. the, and the, <laughs> the comments under here, you want to read some of the comments speaker? Because it's, it's, it, you know, it's interesting hearing people's stories. Yeah, in this yeah no booster will be taken because don't know, um, don't know many who got the jab. Most won't. The ones who did are ready for their boosters, I see. Mm -hmm. Yes, me, I got it early. I'm stuck and walk with my clients. More research done. I'm done with these false vaccines. Uh, uh, yes, my son got the vaccine. He's a Navy fleet. He's uh, inevitable. said no booster. He's done with the shots in the Navy if it comes to it. Yes, mm. it's like those are big ones, you know, because they're, they're hard. And I understand people, you know, sometimes it's inevitable, especially, in, you know, considering it's in the Navy, you know, it's, it's hard. Right. And yes, he has been vaxxed, injured, or dead. Will not be getting their boosters. Uh, yeah. No, there's some good ones. Yeah. But yeah, definitely go through there, read these because yeah, there's a lot. There's amazing. like over a hundred comments in here of people explaining their different situations. Some, of course, know people who passed away afterwards. Um, but I work with many hardcore jab lovers who say <laughs> they will not take any boosters. So that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, even some of those, there, there may be a good percentage who are having regrets. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I think so. I mean, they've been totally manipulated and now they don't know what to believe or what to think because they keep changing it on them. And they're finally, it's finally sinking in, you know, and they're, and they're probably sitting there going, God, they're starting to reflect and look back all the way from when we were first told four weeks with the mask. And they're like, wow, we've been completely just manipulated and taken advantage of and lied to and to heck with the boosters. Or maybe they, you know, they had side effects. And now I know, I do know people that had side effects on the first jab, didn't even get the second jab, let alone the boosters. So this is, this is going to change things. If we, if, if we, you know, we have a lot of people that are, that, that even got the jab that are now not wanting the booster. That's more people that are fighting against this. So you can't even look at the numbers and go, okay, well, they're, they're claiming like, what is it? 53% of people have gotten, have, you know, have been jabbed or fully jabbed here. I can't even remember what the percentage is at that they're claiming right now. Um, but it's kind of irrelevant because a lot, a lot of, those- of those people might not be wanting the boosters and mm-hmm. guess what? They're going to start digging into this. They're going to start looking at the adverse events. They're starting to get a little concerned and now you have all those other people rallying with us. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that they've lost complete control of the narrative at this point, which mm-hmm. we can expect them to get a lot more desperate and make some more desperate moves pretty quickly in response to try to gain some control back. Right. Yeah. Right. It is yeah. definitely a battle, man. It is a battle. And we got we got many legislators fighting with us. Um, we're going to have, you know, former jabbers <laughs> fighting with us. Um, so this ain't over. This is nowhere near over. Nope. Nope. It's not. It's not. So you want me to give you guys a quick update on what's yes. going on in the Rittenhouse I case? I have oh, not gotten to watch any of this. I've only okay. gotten to see a few clips and I'm like, Dang, I should have been watching this. I know, right? It, this week was really interesting to watch. Um, yeah. I'm going to play, like, maybe play this clip because it's just so great. But so the Rittenhouse hearing this week has been really interesting to watch. I, I like this judge. Okay. He's pretty awesome to watch. And the trial appears to be going really well for Rittenhouse. In fact, and I was telling you guys before we started recording that the, uh, the prosecutor, he is just, oh, he's like this villain that you just love to hate. I, I, I don't know how, <laughs> how, you know, he's helping his case because he just comes off as this narcissist um, who is willing to just really do anything, break any rules, break laws, whatever. Be very to- ignorant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's been just kind of a wild week with this case but uh, tell people real quick who Rittenhouse is just for anyone who may not have heard some of the biggest news over the last couple of years okay in case you've been living under a rock so <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse is the young man um, that went to Kenosha during the BLM riots in 2020 and he was actually serving as a first aid responder um, to people who were injured he had a gun with him and he got chased down by an angry mob and in his um, defense shot 
um, and killed a man and shot another man in the arm um, who was pointing a gun at him. And this is the, the man that he shot in the arm I have here on the screen. And I want you to see this because it's really awesome. When the prosecutor brought this star witness, the man who was shot in the arm by Kyle, the witness admitted during cross-examination that Kyle did not shoot him until the witness pointed a gun at his head. And this was a huge admission that Kyle acted in self-defense. So I'm going to put the uh, volume on real quick and play this. Okay. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him, with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired, right? Correct. Oh, shit! Wow. That's it! That's, that's it! it. That's Directed it. verdict. Directed verdict on all the murder charges. Kyle knows. Yeah. Directed verdict on the murder charges. He just, he just exhaled. Kyle, oh, he looks like he's going to cry. How do you not? How do you not? How do you not acquit after that? Look at bigger. Look at bigger. Look at, the, look at big boy. Oh, oh big boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, that pretty much says all. I haven't seen that clip yet. That was, yeah. that was wow. Yeah, so everybody's like, boom, it's over. Self-defense, right? So right. another key um, witness claimed while under oath on the stand he claimed that the prosecutors tried to get him to change his um statement his wow. testimony and there was this back and forth we didn't ask you to change it yes you did he said this <laughs> under oath and that was just a big boom right there going to the wow. credibility of this prosecution and then this week also Kyle um, himself testified, which is, it's unusual for that to be the case for the actual defendant to testify because um, especially when the case is going really well and it looks like it's going for, and you know, it, it, it's going for the defendant because, you know, you don't want to get the defendant up on cross-examination. Sometimes they can make them look really bad. So, right. but Kyle did testify. So everybody was sort of, you know, biting their nails when he got up and gave his testimony. And um, this is a moment where he was actually talking about shooting Rosenbaum. And he appeared to start crying and having sort of a, a panic attack. Um, they had talked about how he had PTSD I mean, he was 17 when this right. all happened, right? Okay, so he's just a kid. And um, he did talk about having PTSD about this this whole event that happened. But they, they shut that down pretty quick and went to break. But um, I will say that um, Kyle's testimony it, it seemed very truthful, very sincere, very accurate, very um, credible. And so yeah. it all went really well for him, his personality, his character. Um, it, he just comes across as this good kid, right? Yeah. And um, everything in his testimony is pointing to self-defense. So, but when he got up there with the uh, cross-examination with this smarmy, you know, prosecutor that everybody <laughs> hates... <laughs> Who doesn't even um, know anything about ammo. I saw that part. <laughs> right. That's when the show really began because this prosecutor 
um, when he started to cross-examine him right off the bat, starts asking Kyle about this, this this whole line of questioning about Kyle previously pleading the fifth, not choosing to provide any testimony before this. And that, you know, if you're not a lawyer, which I'm not, but apparently that is a major violation of the defendant's constitutional rights. It's like law school 101. So that was just completely astonishing to the defense and to the judge. Mm -hmm. And at one point, the prosecutors, you know, at this point, the prosecutors just treading on thin ice, really treading on thin ice. And then he does it again. He did this twice. So by this point, the judge is just pretty pissed. And then, you know, the the, the defense objects and they say, you know, if this happens again, we're going to be asking for a mistrial with prejudice. And so at this point, the judge is just absolutely pissed with the prosecutor. And, and if I'm someone in the jury, all I'm seeing at this point, because they do ask mm-hmm. they remove the jury for these kind of conversations about a mistrial and stuff. But if I'm in the jury, all I'm really seeing is this creepy, you know, yeah. prosecutor uh, trying to sneak in stuff that he knows he's not supposed to, getting caught, trying to get witnesses to change testimony. And on the right. flip side, Rittenhouse seeming so um, genuine and forthright and accurate and credible. And, right. you know, it, it, so it's just, I really think that this is, um, you know, looking very, very good for Rittenhouse. But there was a third time that the prosecutor during this cross-examination brought up a line of questioning that the judge had already previously ruled on during the pretrial and ruled that it was inadmissible. So by this time, it's like three strikes, you're out. So this prosecutor's trying to explain his actions and the judge just goes off on him. You know, he'd had enough of his bullshit and he starts yelling at him and he's like, don't get brazen with me. And then he's like, I don't believe any of your excuses, you know, that you're acting in good faith. So, wow. Yeah. Anyways, it looks very, very good for Rittenhouse. Um, You know, if this thing doesn't go to, you know, a mistrial or get dismissed, which, uh, you know, we'll we'll see, um, it should be ending this week and moving next week into the jury deliberations. So, wow. I'm going to have, so, so is there more, uh, there's more trial time this week then? Or yeah, I was watching it before we started recording today. They had some like expert witnesses up okay. on the stand talking about the videos. And then one of the, um, journalists who was there on the scene, just videotaping everything right. and that I mean, sort of thing. The whole thing is so insane because we all saw it i mean there was so much video of this all going down from the get-go when it happened you could clearly see he was in self-defense he was running to get help from the police and the media has smeared him and lied outright lied i mean they he should be when this is over and done with he should be suing the media absolutely absolutely he should and you know i've seen a lot of comments like on twitter and social media of people who don't pay attention, um, who lean left, and who say, wow, I was completely misled by the media on what this case really was about. I thought this was a white supremacist. I Uh thought I didn't even know the victims were white. 
um, or the supposed victims, or I guess the you know the the people yeah. who uh, he shot in self defense, right? Or white. And I've been lied to by the media. So this has actually been a big red pill watching yeah. this trial and flipping some people. And I, I don't know if actually flipping people, but really opening some people's minds as to how right. they've been lied to and manipulated by the media. Yeah. Yeah. Wowzers. Yeah. So interested to see what happens next week. So speaker, I, need, I think you wanted to um, touch on this topic, which we thought was pretty funny the implications i just just saw that today and it just kind of popped in so i thought i'll talk about it because this is just showing you the the corporate mindset of how some of these big platforms have gone of course uh youtube being owned by google um and the fact that we're getting strikes on ridiculous things for just following information and speaking truth uh another thing that they decided to do is Take away the dislike button. Now, there's been talks of this for a while, but now it just seems like they're actually trialing it. Now, the button will still be there, except you just can't see the damage. So there's actually no point of doing it. Uh, it it's like one of those things. Likes don't mean anything without dislikes. Right. The parallel. You, you, there can be a million likes on a video and 50, 50 million dislikes, but you'd still think it's a good video because, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it... That those things work so well to help you define some content. Um, they really do. And if you read the comments here, you're seeing the community just go at them because the community knows uh, oh, yeah. this is all about protecting either brand security, advertisement, and big government. That's all it is. That's oh, all. Big gov, big pharma, big tech, all of them. They yes. all get millions of thumbs down. So let's hide that. Has mm-hmm. nothing to do with a, when, whenever Biden gets in front of a screen or Saki gets in front of a screen or any of those guys get in front of a screen getting those down votes, does it? No, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> and, and the fact that every time you search for some sort of news or something now, you're getting these big mainstream media companies now. They're the first ones on your two, three pages that you search on, on, on YouTube now. It, it's not independent content creators like us um, that are trying to dig into it and trying to find the truth. It's these big corporations and majority of them get thousands upon thousands of dislikes. I, I hardly ever see any sort of uh, news media, whether it's from CNN, whether it's from Australian News uh, 7 or any of that, that have a positive upvote counter. But now... These videos will still be treading on top because they normally are anyway, despite the dislikes, but it will look like not that they're just artificially inflated there, but they're also well-liked. Well, I don't know about well-liked because some of those that get, you know, like 10,000 thumbs down only have like a hundred thumbs up. So I think the Mm. thumbs up will still be small, but who knows? They could inflate that too. It reminds me of on Twitter when uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, where he... (laughs) was getting hammered so bad this was like two or three years ago because i used to go in and comment on stuff and bring and and post my reports to show people what the truth was and all of a sudden boom shuts off the ability to comment Mm -hmm. yeah i love when they shut off the ability to comment i think pfizer this week had posted a tweet and it was like actually this really lame meme Mm -hmm. um about conspiracy theories right 
and uh they had to like immediately shut off the comments <laughs> well even on youtube like uh <sighs> There's been stuff I've seen on there through FDA or Surgeon General or stuff, you know, government arms. They have comments all turned off because they know. Right, right. And the same yeah. thing with the White House. I don't care they what have, you say. <laughs> yeah, they definitely have comments turned off on their of YouTube channel. <laughs> I can't risk it. I can't risk the narrative. <laughs> right. Pretty funny. It's pretty funny. And you would think more people would just see right through that. But yeah. oh, well, on, on YouTube, every decent large creator that's really maybe not in our field uh but you know game creators uh culture creators uh they all know this is bullshit right you know they they, they, they all know exactly why this is happening gotta control the narrative well, and they are losing control they are losing they control. are losing control no matter no matter how much they try we're still getting this information out. There's too many of us. And if, if it can't get out on a computer, guess what? We have mouths, we have voices. We can, we can tell our neighbors, we can tell our community, our schools, our churches, everywhere. So they're, they're, that's why they're having to create these little ridiculous misinformation surveys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. While Newsweek lies about it. That just, I just, that just made me laugh so hard. Yeah, they're getting desperate. They're getting desperate. So we got to stay on our toes, see what they, how they respond, because they're definitely losing control. So, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I think we are definitely winning the narrative. So we're going to keep it up. And thanks guys for joining us today here on Dig It with Speaker, myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and yes, YouTube. We'll see you back next time. (laughs) (laughs) Right here on Dig It.